Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy hump day. Happy hump day, bitches. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Today's a good day because Good Moms, Bad Choices is officially trademarked in the United States, y'all. Ha ha, y'all can't take our shit. Uh-huh, it's ours. Good Moms, Bad Choices for Life, bitches. <laughs> Congratulations, boo. Congratulations. I feel like it's official now. Uh, yeah, I think we've been official, but... But, now everyone else knows. But the government said it's official, so oh. no one can steal it. It's official. <laughs> now it's official, official. <laughs> That's all I know. It's just no one can steal it, right? That's all that means? I think so. <laughs> and we could sue people if they try and use it. We could do a cease and desist. I'll sue the fuck out of you. Uh, hey, you better take that off your page. Yeah. I, what, what, what does that say? Good mom's what? <laughs> no. Cease and assist, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to cease a bitch. Call, <laughs> call our lawyers. Hello? I wish, a, I wish a bitch would try to I wish a bitch would tempt me to cease her. <laughs> You're going to have to pay us $5 for using that on your social media. Fuck that 5000 <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Okay, but. well. It does in my head. It, it, either way, we, we have the power to use the attorney. <laughs> how are you? The law's on our side. The law's on our side. Because we do the business thing. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. It's, you know, it's... Summertime, it's hot as fuck in LA. It's um, slut ever June. It's slut ever June. I hope you guys have been slut evering your life away, whatever slut evering means to you. I'm good. I'm great. Good. I am doing good. I was going to blast you right now because I know you, all your business. What the fuck were you going to blast? I was just going to say if you wanted to tell about your like weird experience over the weekend. but that's My weird experience with what? One of your boyfriends. First of all. Okay, no, he wasn't your boyfriend. He was never my boyfriend, let's be clear. Second of all, what what do you want to blast? That he's crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I was entertained. That niggas be tripping? We already knew that. <laughs> I was entertained by the story. I thought maybe our people would be entertained too. I mean, okay, so basically, where do I start? I got all the red flags. I ignored them. You didn't have sex, which is I great. did not have sex because I was, you know, last month we were abstaining from sex. And, and even before that, because I actually started talking to him in February and we've never had sex like from February all the way through May. And yeah, he was just, I'm sure he's a nice person. He is just in needing of support. That's the nicest way I've ever heard a bitch say Nick is crazy. He needs better help. <laughs> Literally. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say Nick is crazy because that's like. That, that no, I mean, so, you know, I was kind of off him because he was tripping about, he, you know, he, he gets weird around his birthday. I don't know what happened on his birthday, but he doesn't really fuck. Or he doesn't like he's low energy on his birthday. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll take you out on your birthday. He agreed. Then he's like basically was like, like, no, never mind. And I was like, OK, whatever. I kind of pushed it aside. And then anyway, fast forward to I was eating dinner by myself and he hit me and was like, I'm going to come hang out with you. I'm gonna come um, like pull up on you and I could just tell like his energy was like very chipper and he's not like a chipper type of nigga he's like very like yeah yeah okay you know so I was like why the fuck is he so fucking chipper and he came and was just like very combative like I asked him like so how was your day and he was like it was fine I was like you know trying to be positive what was the best part of your day And he's like LA traffic and I'm like okay and then he goes what's the most disappointing thing happening in your life right now and I was like I guess we'll try to bring you down. What? And I said nothing. Actually, I was like, of course, I feel disappointment, but in like in the moment. But I, I usually am able to release that. I don't really have anything disappointing in my life. Actually, my life's going pretty fucking great right now. Besides you sitting across from me with your negativity. And I said, that's what I said. I was just like, I'm. I don't really have any negative things in my life. Whatever isn't for me isn't for me. And then he was like, okay, black queen. Okay, queen, queen. I was like, shut the what fuck is, what up. Is triggering- and it, and obviously he was being Sarcastic. facetious yeah, and sarcastic. Yeah. Like he was not black queening me like Happy Bay would. And then the part where I really didn't like. Oh, the part that really pissed me off. Well, I will beat his ass. <laughs> I will beat you. I will find you and I will curse you out for this one, mister. Oh, then he said, you know, you carry your load so light. You must have a light load. And I was like, mm, not really. I just. You know, I have good days. I have bad days. And he's like, yeah, well, if we put all of our problems in a box and we shook it up 
and you picked out one of my problems, like it would be very, you would not like that. You would run. And I was like, okay. okay." And I was like, why would I run? He's like, you want me to rehash my traumas? And I was like, you brought it up. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then I was like, okay, well, I don't really know how I'm supposed to, at this point, like in the last three months I've known this person, it's been incredibly hard to get to know him. Like he doesn't share anything with me. Like I've told you, we don't really talk. We just like cuddle. Like he shows up to my house. We say like four words, then we cuddle and then we fall asleep and then we wake up and then that's it. But I was like, you know, because he's a Gemini and like I, I feel like me and Geminis have this like unspoken, like it doesn't have to be said certain things. At least that's what I, that's like the way you treat your trauma. The way That's you a trauma. Care. That's my trauma response to Gemini's. I'm like, you're so mysterious. We just don't need to say anything. I just know you already. Anyway, so I was just like, well, I don't really understand how I'm supposed to get to know you if you don't want to share anything with me. Like anytime I ask you anything personal, you literally just don't want to share it. So what are we doing? And he was like, your thinking is so minuscule that you can't pick up my breadcrumbs and figure it out. You want me to deliver the whole loaf. Nigga, if you think I'm going to fucking chase your motherfucking breadcrumbs through the magical forest, (laughs) like this is a goddamn fairy tale. You've already lost your shit. Minuscule? Minuscule. Mother? I don't like that. It was disrespectful. It was very disrespectful. And it's very gaslighting. Yeah. And I was like... And he was just like hyped. Like I could just in between the conversation, like when we weren't talking, he was just like staring at me, like smiling. And I was like staring at him smiling and then like laughing because I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So anyway, after he said that disrespectful shit, I was like, I don't like your energy and I think you should leave now. And then he was like, what? And then like I saw like tears well up in his eyes. I was like, you are a fucking psycho. And then I was like, I don't like your energy. You should leave now. And then he dapped me and walked away. And then I immediately called my friends and I was like, am I crazy? I'm not crazy. This nigga's crazy. And then I had this whole conversation on Slack because, you know, Slack community, I'm loving Slack because I have all of the tribe over there just like giving me advice. I'm giving them advice. But anyway, I sent them what happened and they were like, yo, he's crazy. And then in the morning I get a text basically saying that he was drunk and that he doesn't remember anything that was said, but that he remembers he disappointed me. And then I wrote to him. I said, I'm not disappointed. I just know where we stand. I'm cool. I hope you figure out whatever the fuck you need to figure out. Peace. And then he was like, well, what did I say? And I was like, I'm not going to retell you what I said so that we can debate whether or not it's true. And he was like, well, I need it for point of reference. And I was like, point of reference, don't fucking drink. Don't invite people into your space around your birthday if you have trauma. And also maybe don't date at all until you figure out your traumas. Bye, I'm getting on a boat. <laughs> then. Not bye, I'm kidding. Yeah, on then I got on a boat that day with my fucking amazing tribe of people that are not negative and are positive and thought, huh. Don't need that person in my life. But more scary than anything is that before I got on this boat, (laughs) my friend Sebastian came to my house because we were driving together and I hadn't been outside yet. And so he opens the door and he's like, Erica, why are there flowers on your window? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's sunflowers on your window. Now, rewind like a week before this conversation where he was, you know, disrespectful. We went to the farmer's market and I casually said, like, I don't even I didn't even know if he heard me. Apparently he did because, you know, manipulators hear things because they know how to like they pull things from like little things that you say to like make you feel like you're fucking crazy. And I was just like, oh, my God, I love sunflowers. Those are my favorite flowers. So fast forward to his spiral and then him delivering, first of all, cheap ass sunflowers on my car. But I saw the sunflowers on my car and then I knew for sure, like, you're absolutely crazy. And also this manipulation might work with certain women. And maybe it would have worked with me like the four or five years ago, because there was something like when I saw the flowers, I was like, oh, and I was like, what? No, no. What the fuck? Hell no. First of all, when did you come? A little crazy. The first, when you told me the story, the first thing I thought is like, oh, he's used to fucking with like dumbass bitches. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, I know there's bitches like, oh, like, oh, why are you being mean to me? Like, why are you treating me this way? What's wrong with you? Like, no, uh-uh, nope. Yeah, so that's done. But what was the point of you airing out this oh, nothing. laundry? I, <laughs> to confirm that men are crazy? I uh, <laughs> I, I just wanted to say men still be acting crazy. And it's gonna Be careful. Be careful out there, ladies. They will trick you and they will try you and they will confuse the shit out of you. But we're here to tell you it's not you. It's them. 
you know what? It felt really good. And I've done this a few times over the last few years to just really flex my boundaries. It's my new favorite flex is like flexing my boundaries and the follow through because the follow through is the most important and I'm following through. But when I told him um, you should go, I was like, I'm that bitch. And also, I want to be clear. I'm, I'm not saying only niggas be crazy because I know these bitches be absolutely crazy, too. So mm-hmm. same goes for men. If you are dealing with some crazy bitches and they show you the signs that they're the fuck crazy, exit stage left immediately. Because uh, Also, Gemini men are absolutely crazy. It's confirmed for me now. I know for sure that I will never, ever, 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 ever date a Gemini man. They are unstable humans unless they've <laughs> had extensive healed. therapy. I'm good. <clears throat> I'm half Gemini woman, but I'm not, I don't have any issues. <laughs> I am perfectly perfect <laughs> and healed. Um, anyway, I'm happy that I've it's exposed pers- me. I've persuaded you to tell your business. You want to pick a card for the tarot? Sure, let's pick a card. Okay. <sighs> Today's card is the Page of Swords. Tell us what the Page of Swords means. Hamila. 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 Okie dokie. The Page of Swords. Hmm. New ideas, curiosity, thirst for knowledge, new ways of communicating. Hmm. Flexing your boundaries. Flexing your motherfucking <laughs> boundaries. Okay. The Page of Swords is full of energy, passion, and enthusiasm. When this card shows up in a tarot reading, you are bursting with new ideas and plans for the future. You may be excited about starting a new project, pursuing a new approach, or learning something new. I feel like we got this recently. I think we did, too. Should we pick another one? No. All right. It comes back. It comes up. Um, we have a lot of ideas, so that would make perfect sense. The challenge, however, is whether you can keep it up. As with all pages, the beginning always looks promising, but you need something else to follow through and keep up the pace. Feels accurate. Yeah. You are very eager to execute an idea that you have been having or someone else shared with you. You're quite passionate about it, and you cannot wait to share the progress to others. It is time to be talkative, open up, and talk about these ideas constructively. Hmm. Cool. It's a birthing. Birthing of ideas and partnerships. Sounds like what we do every week. Story of our lives. What is today's affirmation? Hmm. Spirit, what will you deliver through me today? I feel like today's affirmation is don't be afraid to flex your motherfucking boundaries. Don't Don't be be afraid afraid to to flex flex your motherfucking motherfucking boundaries. boundaries. I am flexing my motherfucking boundaries. Mm-hmm. I am flexing my motherfucking boundaries. And I just want to say again that boundaries only work if you have follow through, guys. Like, don't talk that shit and then don't be about that shit. Like, do it. Follow through. That's the hardest part. It's really easy to talk shit. It's really easy for me to say, I'll never speak to this person again. And I'm not even saying I may never speak to this person again. Like I may encounter him and I actually wish him a lot of love because I see a lot of light in him, but there's, it's cloaked in darkness. And that's what I think I was like, anytime I would see him like show me some light, I'd be like, oh my God, there it is. But you got to follow through. The follow through is everything. So don't be afraid to flex those motherfucking boundaries and follow through. People respect the boundaries. They have no choice to. People do not respect where they keep fucking with you and fucking with you. And they just, they know they can. They just like throw you around like a bag doll. Like, she'll be back. She'll be back. Exactly. I've done that shit for many years. Erica is a firm boundary holder. I have not been, but I. I haven't always been either. I mean, I have not always been. And, you know, today we are going to go down memory lane a little bit today. Me and Mila, you know, have been, you know, reflecting a lot on, you know, our history with sex. You know, at the beginning of this month, we shared our virginity stories and just how we got to where we are now and the journey. And so I've been reading my old diaries and my follow through game was pretty weak. (laughs) But you know what's even more interesting than revisiting our diaries? First of all, it's even more interesting because we're sitting here with our producer and Apparently, every teenager didn't fucking journal their life away, but apparently Erica and I did very early. (laughs) But it's pretty interesting reading, like revisiting our teenage and even fucking seven-year-old selves. And then also we're reading The Ethical Slut together. 
right now. So it really does, it's caused me to dissect the things we've been taught, our natural behaviors, even as children, like even as children, like the, the natural like lustiness and the attraction and the things that we have as natural human beings, you know, and like obviously we're conditioned to certain certain ways as women and as boys, et cetera. But like reading the ethical slut and really dissecting the reasons in which like people have the belief systems that they believe and like a lot of times why those relationships don't work out and then coming to these our sex positive selves now is really a really good insight on the way we were taught and the things we believe and the things we're revisiting and reteaching ourselves for sure i mean i was telling mila i was like i think that i was an ethical slut off the bat you but then were an unethical slut no i was i was ethical i was trying to figure out the ethics but <laughs> everyone was like shaming me and confusing the fuck out of me but i think innately before someone told me what relationships are supposed to look like, like even I was reading my seven-year-old notes to my to about boys that I liked, like there was no judgment. It was just like, I like him. I like him. Why can't I like him? We can like each other. Let's all hang out, you know, versus like, I'm in love, but maybe I'm not because I also love this boy, but maybe I don't love him because I can't love two people. It's not possible. You know, it's like, I, I know I just read something and I was like, and I love him because he's all mine and nobody else's. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you little psycho 12-year-old. If you don't if you guys haven't listened to our our episode slut ever whatever, we talk about that we're going to be actually doing a book club starting in July with the Ethical Slut. So we want to encourage you guys to purchase the Ethical Slut wherever you, you know, buy books. It is the third edition that we're reading. Um It's a purple cover because they've added some things cuz it's been out for quite some time, like a decade. Mm-hmm. So they've added some pronouns and you know like yeah, they're just up with the times and, you know. And it's by, who is it by? It's by Janet Hardy and Dossie Easton. And I just want to read the first page, just so you guys get a little preview of what it is that we are diving into in July. And really, like, it's really, like, helping me understand where I'm at in my own views and relationship and also, like, where I was and all the things that people tell children, kids, mothers, all of them. So, page one. Who is an ethical slut? Many people dream of having an abundance of love and sex and friendship. Some believe that such a life is impossible and settle for less than what they want, feeling always a little lonely, a little frustrated. Others try to achieve their dream but are thwarted by outside social pressures or by their own emotions and decide that such dreams must stay in the realm of fantasy. A few, though, persist and discover that being openly loving, intimate, and sexual with many people is not only possible, but can be more rewarding than they ever imagined. People have been succeeding at free love for many centuries, often quietly without much fanfare. In this book, we will share the techniques, the skills, and the ideals that have made it work for them. So who is an ethical slut? We are. Many, many others are. Maybe you are too. If you dream of freedom, if you dream of intimacy, both hot and profound, if you dream of an abundance of friends and flirtation and affection, of following your desires and seeing where they take you, then you've already taken the first step. So I'm in. (laughs) Sign me up, Dossie. I'm in. But yeah, no, as I've read this book, it's been so interesting. They, they go through and they talk about all the myths around sex and just like even why marriage was created, which was really just survival, survival and like needing more people around to kind of like make sure everyone could eat. And oh, and then there's a part in there um, they touch on like some history of sex. And one of the things that they touch on is during like Nazi times, during the Holocaust, they were saying how they pushed for people not to have more sexual encounters and sexual experiences because they contributed that to having free thinking. Mm -hmm. The more in tune with your sexual desires you were and more likely you were to act on them, the more likely you were to think freely and then go against the powers that be, which to me makes a lot of sense. There's this other, I'm just going to read this one little part, maybe two, because they're important, I think. They're talking about just like, the psyche and like what happens what women are fed and like basically they're just saying female sexuality is a commodity and like commodities it's made more valuable by its rarity so a woman who shares sex widely is reducing her own market value which literally is just how women are shamed constantly 
constantly like we're like diamonds or something think about like when you first start having sex or like hooking up with boys and they want boys always ask how many people have you like had sex with how many people have you made out with how many people have you made out with and they like want an actual number because that's, I've had adult niggas ask me that. I've had that. I think like, it kind of ended like around my tw- in my mid twenties. I've had someone ask me as early as like thirty one, and he was obviously a child. But I'm like, nigga, what I don't the know. Fuck, uh-uh. <laughs> don't know say. And then there's also this idea that if you really are in love, you will automatically lose all interest in others. So basically, yeah, like once you're in love, there's no more sexual attraction, no more lusting over anyone else. And if you do, then you're clearly not in love. And that's crazy. That's absolutely insane. I mean, yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like I was an avid cheater early on, like when I first started dating. Same. As a lot of us are because of these reasons. Yeah. And like, I think, I mean, obviously daddy issues. I was definitely seeking attention in men and men, like not men. Let's get this straight. Boys. Because I was, I I did. I, I wanted love. I didn't really know what it felt like to be loved by a man or a boy per se in any capacity, really, my stepdad kind of came into my life around, I would think I was like nine or 10. But like those like anchors and roots, they need to be put in there way before that, you know, and I never had that. And so when I started getting interested, when boys started getting interested in me, and I was a mature child, like not just physically, because I was like my body matured rather quickly. But even in like my mindset, I think because my mom worked a lot and all the people that I was that were around me were always grown so I was listening to a lot of adult conversations people would always tell me how grown I was and like that it was like a good thing and so I like went with that even more like I was like oh I'm mature like you know I think you have also like that's like kind of detrimental to children as well like telling a child that like oh you're so mature you're so mature I get it like yes it, it makes it's this like badge like you're meaning like you are intelligent are intelligent or like you're not annoying basically (laughs) you're not annoying but for me it was something that like I kind of wore like a badge like I am mature like I can't oh yeah like oh like I'm 16 but no don't worry I'm immature like even when I was dating or fucking inappropriately men at 16 same thing like like I just you couldn't tell me that I was like the rest of the 16 year olds by but proven by these fucking journals clearly I was right 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 because you are you're a baby but people are keep validating your maturity and then you start to believe it and then you start wanting to partake in mature activities I read I had done my natal chart like a while ago and I remember I didn't even know a natal chart can like go this deep but basically it said that and it identified with it this that Whatever was going on in my household that time, there was not a lot of attention on me, which was not. My parents were obsessed with each other. My mom obsessed with my dad. Like it was like they were teenagers, but in, they had a house and two kids. <laughs> Literally, they were just in their own world. And I remember the natal chart said you were always trying to like be heard and seen. So you've realized that talking eloquently, having adult conversations, adults would pay attention to you. Mm. And that's how you began to conduct your interactions by being smart and like being mature. Oh, and I distinctly remember some bitch, dumb bitch. My uncle was dating. My uncle was talking in the kitchen and like, she started to curse and she's like, Oh my God, I forgot I was talking to you like that. You're a kid. Mm -hmm. And I, of course I thought like, yeah, I'm mature. And then inevitably people are like, Oh, you're grown. You better watch her. She's grown. And it starts to work against you. Well, you start to believe the things that people tell you. And like grown is a big like, you know, they t- that's a big thing for girls. I've never heard a little boy be called grown. True. That's it's never so true. That's never been said. Like, and I don't even know if like, do white parents use the term grown? It's such a like. It's a black. It's like, you grow, you grown. You better watch her. She fast. She going to be fast. Mm-hmm. And, and inevitably you begin to believe those things. Like it's very important how you talk to your kids. Even I had to check myself about this because you do begin to believe those things. And then you start dabbling in grown and fast shit. And I think it's a combination of two things, you know, or there's, there's a lot of combinations of things. I think sometimes we are just born with lusty spirits, you know, or like more sexual than others for sure, you know. And then I think sometimes there's grown ups telling you shit that you begin to believe to yourself. And then sometimes there's like there's been something that's happened to someone, you know, like you've been touched or molested or stimulated in some ways. And so there are sexual things. But overall, it's super important. Like, I think this whole 
a lot of our shit from the show comes just comes naturally. But like this has been an, this wasn't obviously intentional, but this has been an interesting journey while reading our journals and my reading these books and really dissecting like the root of our our openness and um, how dedicated we are to constantly just reflecting, reflecting and checking in on ourselves and like our relationship styles. I mean, if you've been listening to the show for like six months you know this is a fucking constant thing am i open am i poly am i monogamous do i want to be married am i a slut am i home no 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 am i a partner am i a secondary partner i have a boyfriend am i a unicorn oh we have boyfriends yeah both of us <laughs> we're constantly figuring it out because we are told a lot of shit and we've believed a lot of shit so congrats to you for continuously dissecting your sexuality you too you too i you know you know me and mila are writing a book. We're writing a book. Yeah, we're writing a book. And we'll share more about that later. But it's very exciting. And it's been just really, I've had to really reflect on my past and why I am who I am now and what brought me here. And reading these journals like really brought me back. And I've really been reflecting on that maturity aspect because literally, so I heard it so often. Like, you're so mature. You're so mature. And then like my body matured. And then they'd be really be like, wait, how old are you? You're 13. Oh, I thought you were 18. Like 22, like 20 year old men hitting on me when I'm in middle school, you know, and like, I'm not interested in them. Like I was still immature in the ways that I liked boys my age, but I also liked knowing that I was grown, you know, and that I could navigate even with a little like younger boys, even I'm a little bit more mature than you. Oh, for sure. You know? And like, it's just crazy. And and the attention you get from that. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of, you know, going way back, way, way back. I found a journal from 1995. Um, I found two journals. One had a lock on it because I'm a Scorpio child and I didn't want no one reading my shit. And apparently I lost the key. Jamila had to bust the goddamn lock open. It was like a, it was like a <laughs> it was Hello a Kitty. It was a Hello. It was a Kuropi Sanrio. Oh God, I loved Kuropi too. The frog. <laughs> So this one is from February 2nd. Oh, wow. There's Band-Aids on here. What is this? Where you wanted to black out. Oh, my God. I did. Look, I used Band-Aids to block out things and I didn't want people to read. Anyway, this one is from February 2nd, 1995. Dear Diary, now that I'm in second grade, I still miss Max. He is so nice. He and my cousin. He, my cousin, is also so nice, just like Max. I can't believe they're almost like twins. And I wish that I can see Max and my cousin David and play Nintendo with them. What would we play? This is the next day. Dear Diary, I wish Flora was a little nicer. So Flora is like my family member and also helps me with Irie. So she was my nanny when I was a child and she's now my daughter's nanny. If you've been listening for a while, then you've heard me talk about Floor. But this is from 95. So dear diary, I wish Floor was a little nicer than she is right now because last night I was mad. I wish I didn't have to clean my room and I was trying to play the piano overnight and it's really fun. But Floor was not being nice and Stephen and Jessica were pushing me <laughs> at school. I told the teacher and she got in trouble. Ha, 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 ha. That was very, 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 very funny. <laughs> Today at my house, I wanted to make eggs, but Floor said no. I don't know what she's talking about. I know how to make eggs. I've made them before. Then I went upstairs and I almost broke my ankle. <laughs> the drama? <laughs> I think I almost broke my ankle. Also today, stupid Sean almost broke my ankle at school because he pushed me. Why are so many boys pushing me? Why what your, the fuck? Why are your ankles always broken? <laughs> we got an argument, but then we made up. That's 95, Erica. Wow, it seems very similar to 2021, Erica. And then apparently I also had friends write in my journal. I have but other. Did you tell the people that who were the two boys that you that you liked? One was your cousin, Max and David. Max was no, David was my cousin, and I remember like I literally remember we I went to a wedding. I probably only met David like once, like that moment. But he stuck in my memory for years. <laughs> I remember loving David till I was like around nine. Oh, because you said you were dancing with him on the dance floor. Right. So we went to the, someone's wedding and like he was like the boy and he was dancing. We were dancing together. And that was my first time ever like playing with a boy and then being like, 
huh, I like like you. Like this is like not normal. Like this isn't the same as like last week when I was dancing with the other guy. Like this is like I like you. And you were how old? Six. I was obviously like yeah, like six or seven. No, yeah. I, I've, I've and my daughter is six yeah. right now. Well, I told you Luna has expressed her likings for a boy in her class because he acts like an adult. I like him because he acts, Aiden acts like an adult. What does that mean? I, I don't wonder. fucking know. She's always <laughs> like, is that Aiden's mom? I'm like, you need to calm down. She's like, no, I don't like him. I just like him. I just want to be his friend. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I can, it's so, where did, when does it start to turn? Because I remember having a crush on my on cousin. On the dance floor, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I had a crush on my cousin too because he was cute, I guess, I thought. He was a little bit older than me. What but, is with incestual love? Well, that's the first access you have to the opposite <laughs> sex. You got to do what you got to do. You got to find the attractions. You, cousin, come over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just remember David. I remember Max. I remember Max. We played at the park one time and I think we played twice ever in life. But you would have thought Max and I like knew each other for years, like because I literally thought about Max every day. I remember like lusting over him, but not lusting like I want to. Even like it wasn't even like I wanted to kiss him. It was just like I wanted him. to be around him. I just wanted to hang out with him. I wanted to talk to him. I remember feeling that way about a little girl, a woman who was still like I grew up with her. But I remember thinking like I can't wait to get back over there. <laughs> I must see Asia. <laughs> you know what really makes me this most these conversations mostly what I'm really looking for. What is the moment in which bitches start acting crazy? Well, let me tell you. And this, obsessed. Let me tell you when I started acting crazy. I have, I have it in my journal right okay, here. Please tell me what age I was think it? it was probably also 95. <laughs> but I didn't put the date, but the handwriting looks similar. Okay. Actually, looks a little better. It might be nine, the end of 95. <laughs> Dear Carmen. So this is I'm writing to my friend in my own diary. Dear Carmen, when I was in first grade. Okay, yeah, I was six. When I was in first grade, Stephen liked me and I liked him. But then my friend Brenda said he likes Jessica. I don't like Jessica. She's mean. I never liked her. She always uses me. <laughs> Fucking Jessica. Oh, that's when we start cutting bitches for guys. <laughs> like, oh, fuck you, Jessica. You like him too? I just, I really want to know at what point do women, like, is it the Disney movies? What the fuck? Because every single fucking journal entry for like 15 years is like, Thomas Danian, boys, 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 kiss, hug, cut, boys, he came over, boys, boys, boys. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I want to read some boy journals. There are none. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. They're playing basketball and scratching their balls. <laughs> Jacking off. Bitches are just acting, we're acting crazy. Oh my God. If I have a son, I'm definitely getting him a journal and making him write so that I can do a case study. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea. We might need to get pregnant just for that. Does any, do any listeners have any sons that write in journals? Share their entries. Oh, that was another thing. Cause so, so while I was going through my journals and I was talking to Mila, cause Mila shared before, like she has a lot of trauma about like her parents and people reading her journals and like her ex is reading her journals and just like not feeling safe in the space that you felt safest. And I was like, so Irie has a journal and like, so does Luna. Like, are we going to read their journals? And she was like, we have to. <laughs> Fuck that. I was like, but are we going to cause the same trauma? Are we like repeating the trauma? But I'm like, you're right. Like, I need to know what the fuck is going on. Over I mean, there. we're going to read them, but we're going to not act like we read them. I'm pretty sure that's what our parents thought they were going to do, too. No, our, our parents are different. Our parents are not. I mean, I'm reading some of this shit. And apparently, I must have really dug my trauma deep into a black hole that I've forgotten about. Because, I mean, I remember hating living in my household and thinking, I can't wait till I get the fuck out of here. But um, these are, like, even more clear that my parents were paying me absolutely no attention. <laughs> so I'm like... Oh, this is October 8th, 2004. So what, like 17 years ago or some shit? Yeah, you were like 16. Dear Journal, it's been a while. Anyway, shit seems to never go well with me. Right now, it seems as though everybody in my house has a stick up their ass. <laughs> and I'm irritated of everybody doing damn near nothing, sitting around bitching about everything. You talk back. You're disrespectful. How the fuck you expect me to respond when all you do is scream and complain and I'm not mean and I don't have an attitude until someone gives me a reason to have one. And fuck that. You're 16. I don't need to talk to you. Bullshit. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> if I was five, it's the same shit. Don't expect what you don't give. Ooh, <clears throat> this is me. Okay. I'm the same exact Tell <laughs> I can't stand being here sometimes. I want to run away. Can't wait till I move out. I won't be coming back. 
<laughs> so I thought. <laughs> um, I can't read that because my dad will go to jail. <laughs> More trauma I've forgotten about. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a pass on that one. And on top of that, me and Thomas, I don't know. He can't use the phone at his house. He won't buy one. So if he doesn't go to work, we won't speak. It's frustrating. When you need someone, where the hell are they? It's hard, even though it's it's somewhat out of his hands. <laughs> <laughs> he gets these fucking mood swings and starts, oh my God, I've been loving niggas with smooth swings since the fucking early 2000s. <laughs> um, bringing up all these unnecessary people from my past. And he's like, why won't you be with him? Or you're a liar. When we don't talk, you know, it's like you're talking to guys. And, and he does this a lot, a lot out of nowhere. So basically, he basically gaslights me. He's slut shaming you. He's slut shaming me early. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah. Uh, His name Thomas? Thomas. Where's Thomas at now? Oh, he's not doing well. That's the one I told you I saw digging in the trash can on Ventura. Oh. He started using drugs and he had a lot of trauma that I was aware of. And now I believe he's on the streets. Okay, Thomas. I'm going to have to tell Luna about that. <laughs> Let me tell you how your first loves change tremendously. Um, okay, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. He says, at least Nat was honest. At least Chanel was appreciative. Like, damn, leave me feeling insecure. If there are all these things that I'm not, then why the fuck are you with my ass then? <laughs> he's confusing the hell out of me. Then 10 minutes later, he apologizes and says he didn't mean it. But too late, I'm already heard how great these bitches were. <laughs> and it ain't easy to forget. And so now I keep comparing myself, feeling insecure as hell. Oh, baby. <laughs> We haven't really seen each other and shit just isn't going smoothly between us as of now. Don't get me wrong. I'm always here to make shit work on this relationship because I love him. And I know there's nobody else for me. So I'm patient with our situations because he's patient with me. But I just doesn't want sound like I it. Know. doesn't sound patient at all. No, nope, doesn't sound like that at all, Jamila. <laughs> but I just want to make him happy. I don't want him depressed or feeling alone or unhappy. He says that a lot. I'm just not happy. The past year, blah, blah, blah. Like, damn, I haven't done shit. I <laughs> now you're making it about you. That's <laughs> I just want to be the cure to all his problems and pain and make everything right. Good night. Whoa. <laughs> I need therapy. I still need fucking therapy. Wow. I want to be the cure to all his problems and pain. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Talk to you around. <laughs> the cancer of my, I'm such a cancer. Jesus Christ. You know, one of the most common DMs we get is always about how to introduce yourself to weed. I know this is a big, scary thing, especially as a mom or as a parent. We have all this stigma around it. But like we always say, we have the most stress. And it's hard for us to give you, you know, top-notch weed advice because we live in L.A. and we've kind of found our way on our own because we've had the grace to really have trial and error. You know what? I love that this book by Danielle Simone Brand really covers all of the bases. It's called Weed Mom, The Candy Curious Woman's Guide to Healthier Relaxation, Happier Parenting, and Chilling the Fuck Out. I really love this book because it not only touches on like everything you need to know about weed, but also just the basics about THC, about CBD, about what to look for at the dispensary. And it kind of gives a lot of tips about how to chill the fuck out. I think as moms, it's hard to just relax and feel guilt-free and indulging. And Danielle really breaks down like how cannabis can enhance your life even your sex life and self-care and I just I love this book so much because she's even given me a better um, outlook on my cannabis use and a better way to understand it and even you know tell my talk to my friends and family about my cannabis use so make sure you go check out her book you can find it on Amazon Barnes and Nobles and even online at Walmart get weed mom in a store near you and we'll be doing a book club with Weed Mom in August. So be sure to get it so you can read along with us and we can discuss it and we can dive into this because it's time for moms and weed to be destigmatized. Amen. Oh, okay. So you know I you know I told you that I linked up with uh, a unicorn for me and my man, right? I know. And most amazing thing ever is usually when you're looking to seek a threesome, it's hard to find where to find a third person. But Field app made it so easy. We found a girl we liked. We messaged for a little bit. 
And we went out last week. That's so sexy. It was super sexy and super fun. And I'm really excited to see where this triangle love goes. I love Field because it's for anyone, whether you're into vanilla sex, kinky sex, some sex group sex all the sexes they have every single kink you could possibly imagine on this app you will fulfill your fantasies and on you field. will find your community you'll find your community and fulfill all your fucking fantasies literally fucking fantasies and here's some great news you guys you can download the field app for free and support our show by using the link in this episode's description just click the link in our episode to get the field app for free today you're welcome I also realized, along with the fact that I was boy crazy as well, that I was an early manifester. I didn't realize I was manifesting, but as I read my journal, like page by page, there were things that I would say that I wanted. And then like 20 pages in, I had, but I never acknowledged it because I was always so fucking hard on myself. I was always felt like I wasn't doing enough, even in like my talents. Like there was, I had this whole chat, like this whole like long thing. I'm not going to read because it's so fucking long, basically saying that like I, I booked this film when I was in Atlanta and I was feeling so insecure and that I didn't feel like I deserved to be there and that I didn't work hard enough, even though I fucking booked it and I was there <laughs> like, and that like I didn't deserve it and that I needed to move to New York and that I needed to go take classes in New York so that I can be better. And then what did I do? I moved to New York and I took classes to be better. Still never acknowledged that I did that. Still was hard on myself. Like even said there was one passage where I was saying that like I can't wait to move out of my mom's house. I just don't want to go back to college. I hate college. Um, I'm hoping something comes up. I'm hoping something comes up. And then like a month later, I'm on tour with Macy Gray. It was just like not realizing that like everything that I was writing was somehow manifesting, even though I didn't believe it, which let me know how, how powerful I was, even though I was like contradicting myself constantly. And now no. And now like being the manifester that I am and that we are like, and being in a positive space and seeing how positive thoughts, how quickly they materialize, you know, I wish that's why I'm so excited to be encouraging that in Irene now, you know, like and really putting a word to it and giving her like a toolbox so she understands like what it is that she's doing, because I didn't realize what I was doing. I also didn't realize how incredibly insecure I was. Um, I mean, clearly I was too. Natalie and that bitch Chanel. Or just making me feel incredibly insecure. <laughs> I've been letting niggas make me feel insecure for centuries. Jesus Christ. There was this poem that I read. Oh, my God. It's my favorite. Um, <laughs> she, Erica has a long... I have to go to my mom's house and refurbish some journals. But Erica has a long 20-year bid of journals over here. <laughs> and I'm kind of jealous. I, my trauma, I realized that a lot of my, my writing trauma, that I develop a secret language because I'm a psycho. And writing was such an important part of my childhood and a part of like my channeling my feelings and being like therapizing. It's crazy how like time it's all the same, you know, like essentially I stopped writing a lot because I've had like 400 instances where my parents, my teachers and people I was fucking read my journals. I was probably cheating. They found out. And so during my pregnancy and during that time where I really wish I had record, I was so terrified to write because my baby daddy read all my shit but I see how like the talking on the podcast kind of has facilitated that same thing. And even right now, as we're writing a book, as we have this grand, amazing opportunity to write this book, and we've, I mean, I've questioned it. Like, how the fuck am I writing a book? I'm an author. I'm having the opportunity to write a book, even though clearly I've been authoring for 400 years. But there's that questioning of it, you know? But like this, even these journals are a manifestation of what the fuck we're doing right now. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, I'm really jealous that you have uh, vivid memories of your pregnancy and that relationship that I was too afraid to have. Are you going to share your poem or which one? I think I'm going to, before I go to the poem, because the poem was about my baby daddy and social media, because Instagram started and then I was tripping. But this was actually the person I lost my virginity to. So this person, his name was Kyle, and he went to the all-boy high school behind my house. And you would have thought I knew him for a long time, but I didn't. <laughs> Well, I've, in, teenage, in teenage years. A week is like four months yeah. at least. So I actually had a boyfriend at the time that I was with and we had been together for like nine months and like we'd never had sex. Of course, like we'd like made out, he like fingered me. Maybe I like gave a blowjob because like when you're in, in like eighth grade at a private school, if you're not 
occasionally giving blowjobs and you're prude and nobody wants to be prude. I don't think I gave blowjobs when I, I don't think I gave blowjobs in, in, in 13. I gave like one or two. It was occasional. As I, said, I gave occasional. a blowjob probably when I was like, I might have waited till I was. 15. I remember my first blowjob. It was in, oh my God. I don't remember. Uh, it was behind the alley in Santa Monica. Like, oh God, this is so sad. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is so sad. Also, this goes along with my like virginity story where I lost my virginity in the backyard in a shed. Like, just not beautiful moments that you'd hope your child would have when like having these moments. Like, God. Anyway, this is from February 14th, uh, Valentine's Day, 2003. Hey, baby. What's up? I'm just was there's a Z. What's up? I'm just writing this letter to say happy Valentine's Day. Damn, I can't believe it's already been a year that I've not been knowing you. Oh no, this is a, this is an old one. I remember last year you wrote me a letter, so I thought I'd write you one this time. This time last year, I was with that nigga Aaron, and of course tripping over yo ass. <laughs> 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 and then we all know what happened the day after Valentine's Day, and it's literally a picture, a stick figure. Of people fucking one stick figure bent over one behind the other stick figure. I don't think I've also ever made stick figures in that figurine before. You are a freak. LOL. Too bad this V day you were sick, aka cheating. <laughs> Anyways, after all that went down, I was sprung on you, and then the drama began. Let me refresh your memory, and then I underlined Megan. <laughs> Damn, that was messed up, but it's cool because I got me a boyfriend, even though you think he looks like a gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah I did have a boyfriend at, I had another boyfriend at this time too because Kyle wouldn't commit to me he was like the private school all boy hoe when I was I wanted to lock him down I was going to make him settle down because that's what bitches do we will settle down that guy that will not settle down is that is that a part of our like our man like our DNA manifesto because I feel like like that's just our goal in life and Kyle kept trying to tell me he wasn't going to settle down <laughs> like he was actually an ethical slut okay then you and her break up and Carrie and I break up and now we're back to where we started, which I think is a good thing because I missed you, man. <laughs> I'm also writing you this letter to say thank you for listening to all my shit with Carrie that I know you didn't want to hear, but listened anyways. Anyway, back to the subject of Valentine's Day, which I guess symbolizes love. Um, I also wanted to let you know I love you <laughs> and have loved you for a while, but you already knew that. Just thought I'd tell you again. You mean so much to me, and I hope that we stay knowing each other for a long time because maybe one day we can turn what we have into more. That's really up to you because you're the one who doesn't want to ruin what we have, which I understand. But anyways, happy Valentine's Day, baby. Love always, Erica. Psycho. <laughs> Very confusing. Psycho. This was the val. I, did I not? Maybe I didn't give him these letters. I don't know why I have these letters. Probably did I did not give them to him? I don't know. You're I, just getting your feelings out. This one was from the year before. Before I, this is the one I read him before. I wrote him before I lost my virginity because I was going back and forth and saying that I really like my boyfriend and that he's done nothing wrong and I really like him, but I also like you. And that was me trying to be an ethical slut and telling him like, look, I really like you, but I also like this guy. But like, I can't stop thinking about you. So maybe we should just hang out. And like, just take it slow. And then literally 24 hours later, I lost my virginity to him. <laughs> Let's take it slow. Here's my ass. Here you go. Meet me in the shed. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting to read that. And, you know, that was a really defining moment in my life. Him losing my virginity and then him like being really careless with that. Like he didn't really give a fuck. And not only that was, I think I shared too, that when I lost my virginity, I didn't bleed and he didn't believe that I was a virgin and kind of like shamed me. And I thought there was something wrong with me. Like, why didn't I bleed? Is my pussy broken? Like, what the fuck? And then not having anyone to really talk to anybody about that with, except maybe like my 13 year old friends who obviously don't know shit about cherry popping and virginity when really I, I wish I would have been able to ask my mom. Right. You know, I really wish I could have been able to be like, mom, look, this happened. I know you're not going to love it, but like, is my pussy broken? <laughs> mom, I just need to know. This guy told me my pussy's broken. <laughs> is it true or no? Okay, thanks. Like, he said that I had sex. Did I? <laughs> I'm confused. Because well, then I kind of like, then I started seeking. I literally would have sex with people sometimes to just, I needed to get validated to know that my pussy was good because of that trauma because I was like is it not good does that not mean it was good and he said I was experienced he said I seemed experienced and that I didn't bleed and so basically I lied and that I probably wasn't a virgin slut shaming 
I could see where my like Thomas not loving me back. I started to be like, "Fuck niggas, <laughs> fuck niggas, fuck them all. I don't need them." <laughs> and then I start acting crazy. Speaking of crazy, I'm just gonna go read this last poem. This is my last entry, guys. I know you you can't wait for me to read all my diary <laughs> entries. <laughs> you tuned in specifically for this. But I, I did like when me and my baby daddy started dating. I started. I I didn't write as much. There were moments that I wrote, but. I remember distinctly when Instagram was created and I started posting and he started posting. And at the time, like, you know, no, I think I don't think anyone had a lot of followers, but I had moved to New York. Actually, we had broken up. I had moved to New York and he was like claiming he loved me still and wanted me back. And I was just so annoyed. I was like, why don't you ever post me on Instagram? And so I wrote this poem to express myself. And it goes a little something like this. January 20th, 2014. It seems petty, but it's not. It makes me feel small, so stop. Am I a secret? Like the thoughts you go to sleep with? We had this talk before. Social media and whores. I know you think it's silly. My friends ask, what's the dealie? So post my picture. Let them know. You, my nigga, ain't afraid to show. Post my picture just one time. Let these girls know you are mine. <laughs> the end. <laughs> That was beautiful. Erica. Did he post my picture? No. <laughs> I post your picture every day. <laughs> but the needing of the validation, like I needed him to validate me publicly. I needed him to, you know, and I think part of it too is like, even with the guy that I lost my virginity to, he never validated me publicly either. Like we never, he was never my boyfriend. It was never like, we were never linked together. And like, I wanted so desperately to be like him to call me his and I think that's why I also became addicted to relationships. I was a, I'm a serial really I in the past I've been a serial relationship person because it gave me the validation of like I'm yours and you want me to be yours and you're gonna tell people that I'm yours and you're gonna post it on Instagram. God damn it, <laughs> Facebook and also Friendster. <laughs> Friend. <laughs> validation is super important. I'm realizing because I'm reading this shit and it's like, oh, he was nice to me. I'm in love. I'm sure it's love, but I'm also reading my parents were disrespectful to me and they didn't tell me nice things and they were like always criticizing me, criticizing me, criticizing me and clearly the criticizing caused me to seek any type of affirmation and validation from niggas and when they didn't do that I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm just searching for this validation but like how we talk to our kids is important and vital because those they will go search for that shit elsewhere and even if it is an empty well of <laughs> fucking compliments... Well, that, that's why the, the father role is so important to girls. It's so fucking important. And, like, it's something that, like, I, you know, my co-parenting situation is what it is. And, you know, I wish that we were closer and I wish that I could, I don't know, just give him some perspective on, like, certain things that are, that like, I wish that I had as a, as a young girl that I would have heard from my father. Like, your father is supposed to be the first person that validates you, not some stupid-ass little boy, you know, who doesn't even know what the fuck that means. And it's not even the little boy's fault. You know, he doesn't know. He's learning, too. Right. He probably is experiencing fucking trauma in his own house. Right. And it's just so important, like, the role that dads play in daughters' lives because my dad was literally not around at all. And so I was constantly trying to, like, I remember feeling like, oh, that's what that feels like? Oh, I like that. Oh, okay. And... I just want my like my daughter to a be able to come to me whether she loses her virginity in a shed or not and be able to talk to me about it. And like obviously I might be disturbed, but I would much rather just take it on the chin and be able to have that conversation with her than like her never speak to me about sex again and then navigate in such a toxic, unhealthy way, sleep with way too many people in closets, at parties, in weird spaces, trying to search for some sort of like fulfillment. A.K.A. me. <laughs> uh, I'm reading. Oh, my God. This is kind of traumatic. I'm reading when I got an abortion when I was 16 and how my parents weren't supportive. And it's like throughout this entire time from the day I found out I was pregnant, all I needed was support through my friends and Thomas. I received that. There's nothing more I could have asked for. It's the most stressful and hardest 
most painful event of my life thus far. And quite honestly, after the way you've reacted, this is to my parents, I'm still glad I didn't inform you the day, first day. Because had I, you would have added to the guilt I was already feeling. You made a comment saying, I told my mom this recently and she got so pissed. She got pissed? Did she, she remember? She denied it. She said, I would never say that. But the proof here says, <laughs> you made a comment saying, you don't care to just throw your baby in the trash. The day after I had an abortion, you have no idea how much that hurts or how that makes me feel. This event has really made me feel as though in the future had something just as drastic come up in my life. No, I honestly wouldn't tell you based off how you dealt with this situation. Because of this, you're going to take away my privileges to leave the house, see my friends and my boyfriend. You think because I'm having sex... That every time I leave the house, that's what I'm going to do. Or every time I go somewhere, I'm lying so I can be with Thomas to go have sex. Were you? Probably. <laughs> well, no. I don't lie about who I'm with or where I'm at. I'm very honest about those things. I've been honest. And I don't think it's fair that because now you know I'm sexually active, you're going to lock me up. Because honestly, that only leads to more lying. There are girls that go to my school and have sex in the church <laughs> because it's empty after school. <laughs> I know of girls who perform sexual acts behind trees. <laughs> people have sex anywhere. I'm not one of those people. I was. But I'm trying to make you understand that that shouldn't be an issue. And as far as my grades go, they're not horrible. But I admit, I admit second semester, they could have been better. But it seems now that, you, now that you know I'm involved with Thomas on a sexual level, you're blaming my grades on that. Just to remind you, Thomas and I have been dating for almost a year. And first semester, I was doing just fine. <laughs> it's no surprise that during second semester, my grades seem to drop because it's the end of the year. But that's my fault. <laughs> and I'm going to change that this year by staying up throughout the entire year. <laughs> When I set my mind to do something, I'm going to do it because I know I'm capable of it. You better talk that <laughs> shit. I need you to understand that I'm taking uh, that taking away privileges isn't the appropriate response to this particular situation. My parenting skills at 16. <laughs> Honestly, I need you to be here for me and support me, not putting me down or making me feel guilty. It's hard already as it is for me to be here for the same reasons. But I live with you. You're my mom. It means the most coming from you. You know, it's so crazy, like kids literally telling their parents what they need from them. And they're like, fuck And their you, parents are like, no, no, fuck that. You don't need that. And it's like, you're literally saying, like, if you just created this space, I would be able to tell you. And I, and I would. I want that. Please give me that. Please, please. And I, I would tell that to my mom, too. I'd be like, why don't you think I tell you anything? Because every time I tell you, you get upset. And then she would be like, you're being dramatic. And then she would get upset. And then I'd be like, this is why I'm not telling you shit. And it's like, I don't know what it is. And I have to check myself, too, because... It keeps going. It's a cycle where parents literally forget what it was like to be kids. And I don't care what they say. They say they do remember. They don't. Or they, they just or don't. they just choose not to. Or they get too emotional because it's their kids. You know, and I get it. Like, I get I get that. I think I don't actually get it all the way yet because my daughter's only six and she has yet to tell me she's had sex in a shed. But, <laughs> but like, I hope that I can just remember these moments. And, like, I want to encourage you guys. If you guys are at home and you guys are – journalers when you were a kid go back and read your journals you might be surprised about the things a that you forgot the maturity level in which you had in some cases I mean obviously you're a child and and the ways that even your parents overcrossed your boundaries you know because kids are not allowed to have boundaries for some reason right right like right. you're not allowed to have boundaries you're not allowed to have privacy like it's traumatizing oh my god I'm, wait hold on one more i know it's really making me crazy i think if i don't get out of the hell out of my house soon i'm going to have a nervous fucking breakdown for real it's like a struggle you can't win or even fight ah uh, it's like when you push the gas and end up on the same spot it's like i want to come up for air but i can't it's a suffocating situation you make me feel lonely and ashamed to be me afraid to recognize my own feelings you make me feel like i don't know if this is about a nigga or my mom i feel like my dreams will never amount you make me feel like who i am is not who i'm planned on being me being i'll finish tomorrow good night <laughs> i'm too tired to talk to complain any longer <laughs> It's true. And you know what? Even like reading the ethical slut and having this conversation, I guess like the bottom fucking line of the world is niggas, be honest. 
with your kids and with yourself and with the people you're fucking because at the end of the day it's still what the truth is and like if your kids can't be honest with you if you can't be honest to yourself if you can't be honest with your kids about the shit that you've done they won't be honest to you and this fucked up cycle continues and continues and continues because people are afraid and ashamed to just be who the fuck they are teenager seven years old and other (laughs) (laughs) read your journals guys if you did it read your journals and reframe your parenting based on your journals and actually i take it back i'm not going to read my kids journal because me developing this entire language that i'm going to have to transcript later is gonna i'm not going to do this to her because there's obviously trauma in the pudding (sighs) well with that said do we have time for horror stories i mean or is this do we have any time for horror stories? let's just do one should we do one just do one quickly i think that you know we asked you guys at the beginning of the month to send in your virginity stories and some of them were horror stories. So I feel like this is a good, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> this is a good one. These are good ones. <laughs> um, okay. So how did you lose your virginity? Uh, 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 horror stories. On a bathroom floor at 14, I believe my introduction to sex shaped my overall relationship with sex. It wasn't about me. It didn't feel good. I didn't have a voice. I was there for someone's use and I was too young to understand that I wasn't valuing myself and that it was supposed to be special and even an empowering experience. While I enjoy sex now, I'm still being forced to reexamine my relationship with it and approach it in a way that makes me actually feel empowered. This horror story is, after a college party, my two friends and I decided to go back to the dorms with these three guys that we knew. We paired off and started making out with the guys, and then someone yelled, switch! (laughs) So we switched makeout partners. But the last switch, I was paired up with my crush and decided not to miss out on the opportunity and chose him to be my first. Yep, I lost my virginity in a dorm room with a few of my college friends. Switching. He was fine as fuck, and I was having the best time. You know, I think sometimes we put too much pressure on the virginity breaking. I think I'm going to I'm going to tell Luna it's important. Like it's important, but like I think movies and shit put too much pressure on it. I told you like I lied for years about where I left my lost my virginity because I was ashamed that I did it with some random ass nigga, but like I've survived. <laughs> this one is a true horror story. Where'd you lose your virginity? Ugh, in the back of a car, bled everywhere, and then he told the entire school. Then someone spread a rumor I had AIDS. What? It was traumatizing. Kids are terrible people. What the fuck? AIDS? (laughs) It's the only STD they knew. Oh, okay, last one. I was about 15, and we were dating, as far as I was concerned. (laughs) You and, oh my God, yes. I love how we look you're my boyfriend now it was in the car and it was horrible it lasted maybe five minutes and his dick was super small i didn't even feel the dick just pressure that small to this day one of the worst experiences i've ever had then he had the nerve to play me and start dating my friend but he gave her an std so i guess she got the karma (laughs) You, you, you won okay well that's it okay i have one Okay. One time I snuck over Thomas's house that I was in love with at that time. And when I say sneak, I mean take the bus 400 miles to Devonshire and I don't even know where to <laughs> go to his fucking house and back and lie and say I was in dance practice. And he was living with this, a friend of his and his dad and his dad's sons and daughter. And I was supposed to be over there. And guess what? Well, we were middle fucking because I was also wearing like lingerie underneath my uniforms because I was a progressive teenage <laughs> slut. <laughs> And the dad came home and this nigga is like, get in the closet. And I was like, so scared to get caught because just, I don't know this nigga's dad. And he was like, dad, he had this deep ass voice. I had to get in the closet, (laughs) jump off the dick, get in the closet. And I can hear him like, who the fuck is in my house? (laughs) Shaking in the closet. And then he opens, slides the closet door open. I was like, get out of the closet. It's okay. Just get out the closet. I was like. Fucking traumatizing. I mean, I mean, that was my virginity. But Jesus. did you walk to the bus back, or what? How'd you get home? To. I had to. I had to get home. I had to get on the bus back. But I was going through great lengths to get the dick, <laughs> hiding in closets, getting cursed out by people's parents. But I just remember being like so scared and ashamed, but still getting the dick. <laughs> Committed. 
<sighs> we might have to do this more often. We have we have so many entries. I know. I didn't get to dissect this good enough. Well, anyway, you guys, maybe we'll do another episode full of diary entries specific to different topics because I have a lot of different topics. I have many, many topics. Get your book, Get Ethical Slut, the purple version, the newest edition, so you can read it along with us. Eric and I will be in Travels in the Jungle. <laughs> so if you have not followed our Instagram, this is a good time. <laughs> good moms underscore bad choices. We will be in the jungle in Costa Rica writing a book and getting into shit. So make sure you follow us on Instagram. Also, please rate and review this episode because it matters. And you just listen to this whole shit for free. So that's free. Do it. And also, we're going to be in New York the first week and second week of July. So we are planning a little meetup with our New York tribe. So look out for that. I'm really excited to finally get back to New York. The last time we were in New York was right before COVID. We had an amazing dinner. We're trying to do a, a part two of that dinner. If you were at the first dinner in 2020, uh, please reach out to us via DM again because we're going to do it again. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm I think we should just close it for those people. Like just those people, just are those left. people who were there last year. <laughs> I mean that I don't know. Whatever, we'll figure it out. But hit us up. <laughs> hit us up, and um, if you haven't joined our Slack community, our message board, please, please do so. You know, I noticed that we I posted something on Instagram the other day, and that was kind of triggering for certain moms that I feel like they don't have a tribe. You know, I totally understand that like meeting new moms and meeting new parents can be really intimidating. And that's why this community is so important because we have people in there from all over the United States that want to connect. They want to meet other moms in their city. And they're op- if they fuck with us, they're open-minded, cool, chill moms. So that's the whole point. Right. And so we actually have a channel on Slack where you can drop where you're at, where you live, and connect with a mom in your city. And that's what this whole thing is about. So make sure you join Patreon so that you can get a link into our Slack community and I love you guys. Bye. En la noche, solo puedo recordar la luz de la calle, de las estrellas, como bailamos en la gran ciudad.